Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, once again, we want to thank you for being a covenant-keeping God. You have kept your covenant with us. That is why this morning we can come to you just as we are. To have fellowship with your presence. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit. Our divine enabler who is here with us today. Thank you for Jesus who is seated on the throne right now. Thank you for your word that is about to be preached. Send for your word, Lord, and bring healing to many people. Bring forth your word, Lord, like the rains that comes to water the earth and causes the earth to flourish. Let your word cause us to flourish today. Thank you, Spirit of God. In Jesus' name. Okay, so um, our theme for June is take me and use me. So I will be speaking today. Uh, so today is the Spirit of Leadership Conference. And you know my mission is to discover, develop, and deploy leaders from the church to the world. And we leaders from the world to the church. So take me and use me on the Sunday conclusion I'm talking on. Um, only leaders stand out. 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 In life, you can easily be extinguished if you don't strive to distinguish yourself. If you see people fighting that you are not naming your children after me, they are announcing their failure. You don't need to name anybody after Kwame Nkrumah to know that he once existed. Are you here? So every human being must strive to make sure that you distinguish yourself in whatever you do. History will either celebrate you or criticize you. Your great-grandchildren will say, our grandfather was a wicked man. He made money and chased women and never bought a plot of land for us. Or they will say that our great-grandfather was a good man. Last time I had a meeting with my children, I told them that, well, any of you who wants to build, you are fine, you can build. But I'm going to make sure I build and build and build that my great, great, great grandchildren will have, even before they were born, they are owners of houses. Are you here? Because I'm transgenerational in my thinking. I, I, want, I want my memories to be celebrated. To be celebrated you want to die your grand great-grandchildren will celebrate your memories your achievements will determine your accolades 
We are still naming things after Kwame Nkrumah, naming things after great people because of what they achieved. Recently, there was, uh, you guys in the UK celebrated the Queen's Platinum Jubilee and look at how the whole nation came together. The woman is alive, but look at how she was celebrated. For the last 70 years, you can pinpoint to her achievements. Your results will determine your respect. You don't demand respect. You command respect. And your results will determine your respect. Your impact will determine your importance. Some of you eventually move on from here into other nations and your great-grandchildren will be talking about me because I'll be an important person in your life because of the impact I'm making in your life. I don't, I don't want to die and leave this country without impact. 100 years to come, people will still talk about Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams for allowing himself to be used as a man who pioneered the charismatic movement. I have been to libraries outside this country to read about Pentecostal studies and you will find the name of the Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams in, the, in scholarly articles. Your works will determine your wealth. Show us your works. And we know how much we should celebrate you. And your success will determine your significance. Now, in the Bible, Abraham had seven sons. I'm sure that most of you just know about two of the sons. Ishmael because of controversies. And Isaac because he stood out. Jacob had 12 sons. Only Joseph stood out. Jesse had nine sons, only David stood out. David had 19 sons, only Solomon stood out. Moses had 70 elders, but it was Joshua who stood out. I believe the reason why God is asking me to preach this message this morning, because there is a man here who has been despised and rejected. But the anointing to stand out is about to fall on you. God is calling someone here from obscurity to prominence. I see a lifting out from somebody from the bottomless pit into the mountain top. I sense an oil in this room right now. The leadership oil upon me, I sense, I feel, I feel that there's oil dropping on my head right now. As I'm speaking to you, because there are there are people here 
that today is a destiny changing day for you i'm talking to only 10 people here i'm a well-educated person but most of my leadership qualities were not shaped in the lecture halls but in my quiet time with the lord in my prayer chamber when we talk about the spirit of leadership we are talking about the work of the holy spirit that enables you and empowers you to provide leadership and to emerge as someone that others are willing to follow to fulfill god's assignment and i sense that there are a number of people here that are about to emerge my call is similar to that of Samuel. I am a king's anointer. So today I'm going to anoint you. Samuel anointed Saul and he became a king. He was a donkey juggler. There was no history of leadership in Saul's life. But when he anointed him, the spirit of leadership came. Leadership abilities transferred from the Holy Spirit to you as a result of a close interaction with the Holy Spirit. My father called me a fool. My mother called me a fool. My mother is here. She would, she would like to say I said that. My siblings called me foolish. Me, myself, I knew I was foolish. I got born again at the age of 14, had such intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. I spent every leisure time I had to interact with the Holy Spirit. By the age of 16, I was a leader of a 50-member morning devotion. By 18, everybody called me a pastor. I led major revivals in communities. And every people doubt, is this your fear? What your teachers will not be able to teach you, the Holy Spirit can. And all these people I'm talking about, Joseph, just there's no record anywhere. Joseph was sold at the age of 17. There was no record anywhere that Joseph ever sat in any classroom. And yet, one of the most influential leaders in the Bible was Joseph. And the amazing thing about Joseph was that he was never the head of anything. Because you see, leadership according to the spirit is not a position of glory. It is a position of responsibility. Joseph was never the head of, of Egypt. But he was the most 
most influential individual in Egypt. He was never the head of the prison where he was in prison, but he was the most influential prisoner. <laughs> he was not the head of Potiphar's house, but he was the most influential household member. When you have the anointing to lead, you don't look for position, you look for responsibilities. <laughs> are you here? That is why when I hear people are offended that I have ordained some people and I did not ordain them, I cancel their names from my heart and my mind that they will never be leaders. Because anybody who is anointed to lead is always looking for responsibilities. And I want to show you how leaders stand out. Only leaders stand out. And when I'm talking about leaders, I'm not talking about people who are occupying positions. I am talking about people who have taken out responsibilities. <laughs> I lived with Dr. Mills when I was going to Bible school. Really helped me a lot. He mentored me. Help me a lot in everything I'm talking about here. Dr. Mel says, I wear. My everlasting testimony of coming to Springtest Road empty handed with a faithful, beautiful, nice girl, the first woman God created after Eve, to begin a ministry with no resources. No resources, no resources, no, not as we did not come here with how we even manage to pack our things to enter this community. Today, I'm not a landlord, I'm the landlord of the landlords. The spirit of leadership, and I'm going to anoint you today for the spirit of leadership now i'm going to share a few things with you you're going to see how the spirit of leadership functions so only only leaders stand out you are either going to strive to become distinguished or situations and circumstances and people will distinguish you will extinguish you you can be extinguished. You can die and nobody will remember you that you ever existed. I want to show you how you can stand out in this church. I want to show you how you can stand out in this choir. How you can be the one everybody looks up to. How, how you can be the one that the hand of God will be upon you. That God will use mightily. To bring revival to your department and to this church. I meet people in town. Oh, daddy, daddy. Once you call me daddy, I know you're a member of this church. But I don't know them. Don't let anybody dim the light on you. You must be the lamb light. Are you here? And I believe you can. Now, you see, it is funny, and eh, when you talk about financial success, 
It is those who, who, who are struggling financially who will criticize you. Because the principles you teach reminds them of their failures. And anything that makes people feel guilty, they attack it. You teach on success, it's those who have failed who will criticize you. And here, I'm not teaching success. I'm teaching impact. Your importance in this church will be determined by your impact. Your importance to your children will be determined by your impact. Bishop Doug lost his son and I was amazed. The whole nation came to a standstill. It was the whole, it was like the whole nation was in mourning. We went to visit him. The queue, the cars, the soldiers guarding the place. His importance is as a result of his impact. <laughs> are you here? So sometimes people will say, are they gods? This man of God, are they gods? Are they gods? We are not gods, but our impact has made us important. <laughs> are you here with me? Joseph was not the firstborn of his father's children. But his father gave him the blessings of the firstborn by blessing two of his sons, double portion. None of his siblings could talk because they knew that this, our brother's impact, has made him important to our father. Any human being that has no ambition to make impact ambition to succeed ambition to be significant that human being will die live and nobody will remember you somebody said ah this men of god are building dynasty we are not building dynasty we are living legacy it is different we are preserving the things that we have called during our youthful days to build. We are not going to hand them over to people who, are not, who have no track record of leadership success. Leadership is not a long service award. If you serve long in a church, you are given certificate of appreciation. You are not given a leadership position. Leadership is for people who function. But sometimes we give to people who are, who are, who, who are, who are fashionable. This lady is nice. So if we add her to our leaders, it will give us some dignity. Can I now preach? Now, so you realize that step out as it is in this listing, it's a seven-letter acronym. The eight-letter acronym, am I right? Okay. So let me quickly share a few things with you and then we'll close. We have an outreach this afternoon and we'll ask you to school. So the outreach team, 
If the servant travels beyond the time, just go and preach. Pastor Kevin will go and preach. Let me do my anointing here. So let's go. So as, okay, so Numbers 27, 18 and, and 20. So the Lord said to Moses, take Joshua, son of Nun, a man in whom is the spirit of leadership. In whom is the spirit of leadership. And lay your hand on him. That's what I'm going to anoint you. Verse 20. Give him some of your authority. So that the whole Israelite community will obey him. One of the key things you notice about people who have the spirit of leadership. Is that they are not afraid to submit to authority. Because it doesn't take anything away from them. I stand openly to acknowledge the impact of the archbishop on my life i stand openly to talk about my spiritual father and his impact on my life i stand openly to talk about people who have helped me and assisted me to get to where i am today because if you are operating under the spirit of leadership not business school leadership but the spirit of leadership you are not afraid to acknowledge those who have helped you and those who have authority over you i said it here last week that anybody you have helped who cannot openly celebrate you is a dangerous person. The person is unable to openly celebrate you because the person has said so many things bad about you that celebrating you in the open will be, will be the person will be conflicting him or herself. So when I help you and you don't share testimony, I draw a question mark on you. Not because I want you to tell people what I've done for you, but because it is very obligatory for you to honor those who have helped you. <laughs> Let me preach. So, number one. Number one. If you want to stand up, step forward and make a difference the case of david and goliath goliath was a nine foot giant with a track record of solid victories in battles a track record of winning unwinnable battles and Goliath was a braggart. He spoke about his victories. He will intimidate you with his oral CV. So, so when, when Saul and the rest of the Israel army had saw Goliath, had his oral CV, they were all intimidated. Nobody was ready to fight. A 17-year-old boy, it is believed that he was around 15 or 17. Just chanced. He just chanced on a situation. And decided to step forward. What will happen to the man who kills these Philistines and removes this disgrace from Israel? 
His own brother says, listen, who have you left the small ship for to come here and do this to know? Have you read the man's CV? Sometimes when the most qualified people are not performing, you think it's intimidating you. If these guys who are soldiers, trained soldiers, hard soldiers, are afraid of Goliath, who am I? But your success begins when you know how to move into spaces where nobody wants to occupy. The job that nobody wants to do, if you move into those things, up to now, when I'm with the fathers of the charismatic movement in this country, I do the job that nobody wants to do. I'm always ready. My first sermon I preached in my spiritual father's church. By 22, I finished Bible school, come from a poor background. I was so poverty personified that even MC leading prayer, my, my my assignment was closing prayer and it was a consolation prize for me one time somebody saw me my father sent me somewhere to do something for him so i was not in church the person saw me and said hey pastor gideon you were not in church oh i felt so loved that in my absence from church somebody noticed it hey sister yeah i was saying, how did you how did you notice i was not in church he said because you were not called to do closing prayer My father used to, so we were about seven or eight pastors. I was the youngest, and each pastor preaches one Sunday in a month. My father was more righteous than me because my pastors don't preach here. So each Sunday, one pastor would preach, and my father would preach three Sundays in a in a month. So I mean, from Bible school, ready to preach, had sermons. I had leaves of my sermons in my Bible, and there were more leaves of my sermons than the leaves of the Bible itself. On fire, midnight to sunrise, I'll be praying. I used to live with Reverend Mills. He said, "I'll just be praying, fasting, praying, fasting, praying, fasting, praying, ready to fire." Preaching timetable came. For six months, I was not featured. But I knew, I knew I was anointed. Then one day, my spiritual father went with some missionaries to Sunyani. And they didn't come. We were expecting him on Sunday. <laughs> they didn't, he, was, he wasn't around. And during those days, there were no mobile phones for you to call. So we did everything. Took offering, everything. Except preaching. So the resident pastor called all the pastors out. You were in the service when I preached my first sermon. And said, the old man is not coming. Who is ready to preach? This one said, oh, I'm not ready. This one said, I'm not ready. I was standing at the back there. I raised my hands quietly. I said, I have a sermon. The resident pastor reluctantly said, said, it's your affair. It's your affair. Short one. Fast. You know. They reluctantly, they called me. My first sermon in my father's pulpit was, was, was experiencing the miracles. The woman with the issue of blood started speaking. Whilst I was preaching, people were falling. People were falling. I stepped forward and proved my ministry. When he came, they called me and said, that boy, that boy, that boy, 
I wasn't qualified to be called a man. I was a boy of God. That boy, that boy, that boy, he had the testimony. And they revised the timetable and put me in. At one point, I was the most featured pastor because they gave me all the Wednesday services to teach. At that point, I had the spirit of leadership because I've had such an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit and had the spirit of leadership. When I started investing in this country, I had masters. I had no one single professor. I developed all the content of the training for accreditation. We have five master's programs at National Accreditation Board now. I developed every single one of them. The spirit of leadership is an amazing thing. How God can talk to you. How God can open your mind and communicate to you the things you have never done, the things you have never studied, but it will come out of your spirit. Isn't one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to teach you all things. Every Christian who has an ordinary life is as said because you are not intimately linked with the Holy Spirit. Forty-five minute sermon, and I had spent from three a.m. up to this morning praying to be here. Am I talking to someone here? So, step forward, make a difference. Step forward, make a difference. Don't always think about re rewards. When you see opportunities, step forward and make a difference. David's popularity and success was as a result of this single act. He was anointed with oil by no less a person than Samuel. And yet, David had to step forward to become significant. You stay there and say, it's not my work. They haven't paid me for this. And I won't do this. It's not my work. And this, this church brother, we are killing ourselves. That we, we, it's somebody's church. <laughs> Whose church? Do you know why I set up a crab business school? Why I set up a crab business school? I called my wife one day. I said, you see the way we are taught in this church land? And we have built this church? My dear, if I should die now, you are not an automatic successor of this church. You will see how people will emerge. People who call you mommy will start calling you Sister Olivia. Because they are ready to reduce you so they can take over. I said, let me build something you can inherit if I die. But I don't intend to die now. I'll be around for a long time. I, <laughs> I called Kevin. I told Kevin, son, thank God God has called you. But never take a salary from church. So the university is available. Develop yourself. It is easier to inherit me at the university from than in this church. See, people who call you bro, 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 bro. When I die, they will stop calling you bro. They will call you hey. <laughs> you will never know 
your enemies until there is a vacant position for power. Until there is a vacant position for power. So this is not the property of the Titi office, even though mommy and I have done a lot of... This church is not the property. This church is not our property. Don't let anybody tell you, you are, you are pushing... Let, let me tell you, I was telling them on, I think on Wednesday or Friday, that listen, you should thank God that mommy and I were courageous enough because of the spirit of leadership. We're courageous enough to come to this place to start the pleasant place church so that we can create a platform for you to serve God for rewards. <laughs> Probably I have to continue this sermon next week. Anybody who ushers here, you have a reward in heaven. You don't expect reward from me. Listen, listen. Because of the spirit of leadership, come. So called David and said, Listen, I want you to fight this enemy for me. You know how when we are desperate, we give positions anyhow. Any desperate pastor will give you a position that an authority that if we're not ready for will kill you. Saul took his armor and gave to David. He was desperate for David. David said, no, this is too heavy for me. This is too heavy. Because the armor of the king has his rank. Commander in chief. Commander in chief. <laughs> David says, no, no, no. I can't, I can't, I can't take advantage of your, of your difficulty to promote my personal interest. This is not about position. This is not about rank. This is about me stepping forward and taking up a responsibility. Has nothing to do with authority. Has nothing to do with power. He had nothing. Nothing! After David killed Goliath, he went back to his father. He went back to take care of the sheep. It was Saul that called for him again. He went back to take care of the sheep. Sit down. We have young canal pastors in churches. You know, when I preached the first sermon and the power of God was moving, people very close to my spiritual father, who he trusted and respected, started calling me and said, Charlie, Charlie, you are anointed. Oh, you are anointed. You see what happened? You've been the old man. The old man, when, he's, when he preaches, those things don't happen. What they have forgotten was that I have left Bible school for almost one year. I have not had any puppet. It was one year of preparation, one year of prayer. And my spiritual father was preaching every day. The spirit of leadership makes you wise. See, Joshua had two spirits, the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of leadership. They move together. Very soon, some of you will go to some of the young pastors and say, ah, if you are here, you won't go anywhere. Start your own church. Start a fellowship. <laughs> you are the one who has been coming to my house to pray for me. So I will give you tithe. I will give you my tithe. When I used to 
serve under my shop, but I'll go somewhere to pray for people. They'll give me an envelope. I'll take to say, Papa, I went there, they gave me an envelope. He will bless it for me. Now, there are junior pastors who are taking tithe. They are receiving tithe from carnal church members who feel that the bishop is not visiting me, but you are the one visiting me. You were the one who prayed for my marriage to work. So from today, I will pay tithe to you. <laughs> from today, I will pay tithe to you. And these people have no understanding of spiritual protocol. And you, 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 you walk into traps that will kill you. Are you here? You see, anybody that is a candidate for leadership anointing appreciates the leader they serve under. Because of the oil on David's head, when he even had the opportunity to kill Saul, he said, No! Touch not the anointed and do my prophet no harm. A young pastor had a conflict with his, with his, with his senior pastor. And the senior pastor quoted, Touch not my anointed and do my prophet no harm. To the senior pastor, Me too, I'm anointed. The guy really, he said, I know you. Who are you? I've been to your bedroom. For, I know you. I know you. Who are you? He got mad. He got mad. It was people, people who were not anointed that were telling David to kill Saul. And they, they, they made it spiritual. They said, the Lord has delivered your enemy into your hands. The Lord has delivered your enemy into your hands. The Lord has delivered your enemy into your hands. Listen, you are carrying the spirit of leadership. That's why you serve the way you serve. Don't let anybody who is so carnal does not serve come to you and tell you, so this man you are following, how much is he giving you? So this choir you are singing inside, what are you getting from it? <laughs> Saul wanted to kill David but David understood that leaders sometimes can suffer from from insecurity and they will misbehave because David, David himself carried an anointing pregnant woman understands a pregnant woman most men we can only imagine what our wives go through when they are pregnant when they tell us the pain of childbirth when they describe it we can't imagine it when you have not experienced you cannot imagine if you are not anointed, you cannot understand the operations of the anointed man. We are men, but we carry extraordinary oil. The oil of leadership. The spirit of leadership. I want to anoint some gentlemen here. I want to anoint some ladies here. Because 
from today you are going to flow at a certain level with the holy spirit that you have never seen before you are going to have such a deep understanding of your relationship with the holy spirit and how jesus has been waiting for you to use you I see the next point. Now move on. The T in stand out is to trust in the Lord. In 1997, I've gotten, I've just completed my education in Germany and I've gotten a scholarship to go to Sweden to study. And there used to be, I don't know, I don't know if you, you met Professor Roger Foster. He, had, he used to have the Isha's Christian Center. Roger Foster had offered me a job to come and work with him as a missionary in the UK. I was a poor pastor. I didn't know what I would come into Ghana to do. Then Roger Foster offered me this and I've gotten a scholarship. Was I was waiting in a friend's house in a city in Germany called Wuppertal so that I can go to Sweden and eventually get mommy and Kevin then to come and join me. I was praying and an angel of the Lord spoke to me and said, everything I have created have their places of abundance. Fish will multiply in the sea and trees will bear fruit on land. The angel of the Lord said, Europe is not your place of abundance. Go back home. Hey! Into heart. Into heart. But the Bible says, trust in the Lord. Now, now go, let me show the next, show me the next slide, please. Look. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean on, on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him. And it will make your path straight. If you have never taken a step that on the human level is a risk in your Christian life, you have not trusted the Lord enough. <laughs> See, there are some of you where God is calling you and saying, leave everything and follow me. Leave your job and follow me. Leave some friends and follow me. You, you are so scared. Look at what David said to, Gol <laughs> to Goliath. David said to Okay, David said to Saul, David said to Saul, 1 Samuel 17, 45. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Kaya, such a trust. He said to me, you, he said to him, you come against me with sword and with javelins and other things. But I come against you in the name of the Lord. What, 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 what a statement. I come against you in the name of the Lord. I come against you in the name of the Lord. You can't leave your boyfriend because you are afraid. What will you eat? What will I eat if I leave? Daddy, he doesn't know. He doesn't know how I'm suffering. If this man who is taking care of me, my mother, and my children, is because there is no leadership anointing on you. Leaders are risk takers. 
that is always preaching against 419, 419. If I stop, what will I eat? Eat your brain that is not functioning. <laughs> because it is the most stupid question you can ever have. Stop sinning. You say, if I stop sinning, what will I eat? For one, is he a degree? Is he a degree? Hi. Hey. If you have never taken steps because you believe God told you with your eyes closed, you don't trust him enough. I told you how we bought this place. Bought two houses, broke it down. It's me and mommy from our savings. We're going to buy some houses outside. $800,000. We spent it here. It would take trust for us to take that risk. Mommy resigned from a job to join me here on the sprinter's road. We didn't know where the next meal is going to come from. The first six months of this church, we had no place to sleep. We're moving. This is Dr. Mills. He will confirm to you. One night, one night, we had no place to sleep. It was raining. I was using some old Passat. The open top was water dripping. The windows, the one side could not close. You had to use plier to close it. And water was coming in. And Kevin was like, then our only child was sleeping at the back of the car. We had no place to go. We think we to sleep. As you know, Reverend Dr. Mills and his wife are living in Dansuma. Let's go there. We went there. <laughs> they were suffering more than us. They had a small chamber and hall somewhere. That night, they packed everything from their hall. I told them to give us two weeks. We stayed for how long? <laughs> we stayed for months, eh? In the, in, in the morning, eh? They, they would bath at 3 a.m. Because they used to bath on the porch of the house where they were living. So they have to bath before me and my wife will come. Going to bring our bed and then we cut some portion of the hall. Small hall, small hall. Like Kevin's bathroom today. We cut some portion and we were there. For months we were there. When we started this church. But every day we'll come here, preach, cast out demons, speak into people's lives and all those things. Trust in the Lord. 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 Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean on, on your own understanding. People thought we were fooling, but we were not leaning on our own understanding. We were not leaning on our own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. And He will make your path straight. In other words, He will make a way where there seems to be no way. <laughs> am I talking to people here am I prophesying to people am I giving you some keys to unlock some things it is time to trust the Lord you cannot save a God you don't trust what kind of behavior is that do you know let me show you how, how let me show you why you don't trust the Lord. You are not bold enough to pay your tithe. 
you were afraid that if you take 10% of your money, you cannot live, survive the rest of the month. But the money always finishes in two weeks. The rest you live on God's benevolence. Africa will live by miracles. Every single day is a miracle. But you can live on miracles without you becoming a sign and a wonder. You see, when you become a sign and a wonder, you become the miracle itself. Those who take off church finance know how much I put into church. How much I put into church. To the glory of God, I finance more than 50 to 60 percent of the church costs. I finance it, and God is going to continue to bless me and bless me. There is a house <laughs> that the Lord is telling me I want it. I say, God, I bought a place and set up a church for you. You are being greedy. He said, The earth is mine. He says, I want this one. I want it. I'm going to give it to him. The more he takes from me, I make room for him to give me more. I don't live on miracle. I am a sign and a wonder. I am the miracle itself. I am the miracle itself. I am not blessed. I am the blessing. So if I dip my hands in oil today and they bring it to you and you anoint yourself, whatever I carry comes to you. <laughs> oh God. Can I see the next one? I'll continue next week. Number three. The A in stand out is audaciously insane. Until people question your sanity in your relationship with God, until people question your sanity, you have not served God enough. So you take some money and people say, are you sure? Are you correct? Are you correct? Are you correct? You haven't served God enough. You are not carrying the spirit of leadership. You don't have a good relationship with the Holy Spirit. What are you talking about? Faith. Faith. Faith is a life of madness. You have to be insane. One of my friends, Bishop Hattingwood, said, to experience the miraculous, you have to do the ridiculous. Sometimes mommy souls and me myself, I say I'm a giver, but it shocks me. Look, David was insane. Can I see the next slide? David was insane. David said to Saul, Let no one lose out on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Small boy. <laughs> Saul replied, You are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man 
and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When the lion and the bear came and carried off the sheep from the flock. Okay. Now, okay, okay. So let me then there. Now, let, let me tell you this. The king said, you are only a young man. What you are doing, you are being audaciously insane. You are being audaciously insane. Recently, you brought me a car. I didn't know people in your family who need a car. They are. But you were only being audaciously insane. This is what activates the blessings of God. This is what activates the blessings of God. Imagine if David had listened to the king. You were only a boy. God does not give you the assignment you can carry. He gives you what you can so that he will take over. He only works through us. The breath of God in you contains everything you need to succeed. But the breath remains an oxygen until you have, you have an interaction with the Holy Spirit. It becomes supernatural energy that enables you to go beyond your limitations. You have no testimony. Your life is too natural. Your Christian life is too natural. Your Christian life is too ordinary. There is no testimony. There are no supernatural encounters. You have not fallen down before. You have not shed tears in the presence of God before. You have not had an encounter with the Holy Ghost before. You have not prayed until you have lost consciousness of yourself. You have not. You have not fasted until your body is so weak that they have to carry you and give you food. The day of fasting is when your ulcer comes. You have not fasted your sickness out of your body. You have not met an angel before. You have not heard the voice of God before. You have not seen God at work before. You have not touched the throne of God before. You have not, you have not provoked heaven before. You have not untied the hands of God before. Show me your testimony and I will show you your interaction with the Holy Spirit. That's why when we share testimony, you and say, Channels of my spirit. Oh, can you guys help me? The presence of God is all over in the house. Give me some few minutes, people, before we close. Pastor Kevin, you and the team want to take the lead for the outreach. Oh, Peter. 
Let it call up to you. We are supposed to be closing now. We are supposed to be closing now. We are supposed to be using a benediction now. But give me 30 more minutes to anoint you, to impart you. 30 more minutes. 30 more minutes. Any service that can close on the dot is not Holy Ghost influence. We are church, we are disciplined though. They, they, they will say, we are disciplined though. When we say we are starting at 8 and close at 10, we will start at 8 and close at 10. Unfortunately, the Holy Ghost is not as disciplined. The Holy Ghost is not as disciplined though. The Holy Ghost is not that disciplined. On the day of Pentecost, he was not that disciplined. He disturbed the whole neighborhood. He, he, he get crushed and disturbed the whole neighborhood. The Holy Ghost is not that disciplined. No. A man has gotten his wife like, like the two of you. <laughs> when you got engaged, the night you got engaged, and then Holy Ghost will appear, send an angel to you and tell you that, and now I'll hijack your wife. She's going to be with the child. Is that a gentle spirit? No, no, no. They suspense every chopping for for nine months. Now one can Holy Ghost show you the Hey, channels of my spirit, open up.